We start with breaking news on the Israel-Gaza war. The Israeli military has said that more than a million Palestinians must leave the northern Gaza Strip within the next 24 hours ahead of an expected ground operation there. In response, the UN spokesman Stefan Dujeric said the United Nations considers it impossible for such a movement to take place without devastating humanitarian consequences. The United Nations strongly appeals for any such order, if confirmed, to be rescinded, avoiding what could transform what is already a tragedy into a calamitous situation. Well, that statement has sparked an angry reaction from Israel. The country's ambassador to the United Nations said Israel is just trying to minimize harm to Gazans. For many years, the UN has turned a blind eye to the arming of Hamas and the use of the civilian population, the response says, and civilian infrastructure in the Gaza Strip as a hiding place for weapons and murder. Well, let's turn to the scene live in Gaza right now, where it has just gone 9 o'clock in the morning. The UN said the order by the Israeli military also applied to all of its staff and those sheltered in UN facilities. In a statement released after a sixth night of airstrikes, the Israel Defense Forces said that in the following days it would continue to operate significantly in Gaza City. It said Hamas terrorists were hiding in Gaza City inside tunnels underneath houses and inside buildings populated with innocent civilians. Well, Hamas official, quoted by the Reuters news agency, said that the relocation warning from Israel was fake propaganda. That's the view there in Gaza right now. The Israeli military has said it struck 750 military, in military targets in northern Gaza overnight. Let's give you a sense of the geography in Gaza. Here's a map of Israel, where you can see Gaza and the West Bank marked. What the Israeli military is saying is that everyone living in northern Gaza should relocate to the southern end over the next 24 hours. Now, that's more than a million people, about half the population of the entire Gaza Strip. Nick Johnson has more. Israeli air power continues to strike the Gaza Strip. Buildings flattened in the blink of an eye. Entire neighborhoods reduced to rubble. Israel says it's dropped 6,000 bombs on Hamas targets in Gaza over the past six days. With every fallen building, stories of human suffering. We're told this girl has lost all her immediate family. Doctors say the entire health system here is close to breaking point. I think the whole medical sector and the health department maybe will collapse maybe in two or three days. I, I don't think that they can manage it. The hospital is full of patients. The Israeli military has called for the entire population of northern Gaza to relocate to the south within the next 24 hours. The UN says this would involve the displacement of more than a million people and that such an undertaking would have devastating humanitarian consequences. Israelis are still reeling from last Saturday's attack by Hamas. This video shows what remains of a kibbutz in southern Israel. It was here 
where 75-year-old David Moshe was killed by gunmen. His wife, Adina, was kidnapped. Their granddaughter, Anat, describes that moment. They took us through the window. She's a 72-year-old woman. She's sick. She has heart issues. She watched her husband die right in front of her. And right after, they got her on the motorcycle. And she had to hold the terrorists that just murdered her, her husband. They were together for over 50 years. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, seen here at an Israeli donation center, promised unending American support for Israel following talks with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He's due to meet the Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas later. The President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, will also visit Israel later today in what's been described as a show of solidarity with the victims of the Hamas attacks. Behind the politics, the people. In Tel Aviv, a vigil for those murdered. One candle for each victim. Each day, bringing news of another life lost. Nick Johnson, BBC News. Well, we've been speaking to Naya Shawa, the regional country relations manager for Oxfam inside Gaza. Well, she's one of the 1.1 million residents of northern Gaza who've been told to leave by Israel. There's so much um, chaos in, in, in Gaza. Uh, we managed to leave at, uh, at like 4.30 a.m. Um, we had about uh, uh, 15 people here. We moved to another location south. And um, we, we think, I mean, basically now asking this question uh, is, is clearly puts, um, puts the, the reminder that Israel can do whatever, whatever it wants. And uh, nobody can stop it, obviously. So the arrogance of, of Israel is, is, has been like that for, for decades. So obviously now it's happening again. And it's uh, simply on the news, and everyone is watching while this another catastrophe is actually taking place right now. And everyone is, is leaving. You talk about kids, elderly, everyone. The roads are being bombed while we were traveling. Now there is bombing. I'm smelling smoke. What is this madness? Are we going to come back to any of our homes? When we were leaving, we were like just looking at things as if we're not going to see them again. Of course, it's not feasible. And of course, you'll have hundreds, if not more, of casualties. And you'll have destruction. And then what? Bravo, Israel. Yeah, that's great. The work that uh, we are supposed to be doing is simply not feasible and not possible with the extent of destruction, with the, that there is no... Uh, uh, no uh, ceasefire, there is no uh, humanitarian corridor, there is nothing. Nothing is, is, is even uh, discussed or, or, or suggested. We just hear it in, in, in the media and discussions. That, that doesn't allow for any kind of response. So people are simply suffering and will continue to suffer. In displacement, in the areas they are in, in the schools or in the streets, now it's going to be everywhere, not only in whatever designated school. It's going to be everywhere. And yes, we are hearing about 
no water, no enough food, uh, all, all, all these things. Well, let's cross live now to our correspondent, Anna Foster, who's near the Israel-Lebanon border. Anna, it's, it's really good to have you. You're in a key location, aren't you, to explore what's going to happen next with the militant group Hezbollah uh, that's uh, located in Lebanon. What have you been hearing? Yeah, there's real concern about this northern border, as you mentioned, Hezbollah, who are based across in Lebanon, a very powerful uh, political and military group in Lebanon, backed by Iran. Also, like Hamas in Gaza, uh, they are an organization that has been designated a terrorist organization by the U.S., the U.K., uh, and other countries as well. Now, the question is whether or not, if there is a ground offensive in Gaza, that Hezbollah in the north in Lebanon will decide to try and support Hamas and will essentially attack Israel from the north. Now, this is a, it's a lengthy border. If you look at Gaza and you look at that area, we'd be talking about how, how sort of relatively small it is down there. Um, along here, you've got basically the whole strip of northern Israel. So a lot of troops have been sent here to reinforce this area. 300,000 reservists have been called up, but many of them we've been seeing have been arriving on buses, in cars, and they are being sent along here because it is a real latent concern. Also, when you hear the U.S. talking about the support that they are providing to Israel, uh, they're sending, of course, their aircraft carrier, their fleet of ships. They've sent initial... Um, uh, shipments this week of, uh, of arms as well. And they say, of course, that is to support Israel uh, in its war with Gaza. But also they talk about additional scenarios. And what that means, the subtext of that, is that they are preparing in case there is a significant escalation here in the north as well. Anna, of course, the, the, the worries about a widening conflict are, are ever-present. What have you been hearing from Iran and, and what has Hezbollah itself been saying or doing? Well, there have already been small incidents, and I say small incidents, along the border this week at any other time if what we'd seen in the last week wasn't happening in Gaza. These would actually have been extremely significant incidents. It would have been the main thing that we were talking about because Hezbollah and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is a, another Islamist militant group, which is based in, uh, in Gaza, but also in Lebanon. They have fired uh, rockets and missiles across this border. Um, Israel has responded with its fighter jets, which have targeted uh, PIJ and Hezbollah infrastructure on the other side of the border in Lebanon as well. There have been Israeli soldiers uh, who were killed several days ago when there was an incursion from the north. There were some gunmen who came across. And in that battle to try and contain things, um, a senior Israeli soldier, a deputy battalion commander, was killed along with colleagues. Um, certainly when we were here the day before yesterday, there was what turned out to be a false alarm, but it was a rumor of a new aerial incursion from the north. We spent about 90 minutes in a, a shelter with a, a group of local armed men who were trying to find out information. What was really significant at that moment, I think, was what you saw on things like social media, you know, the, the way that the rumor mill just went into overdrive instantly. And it, it sort of shows you how, how nervous people are. A lot of people along here have chosen to, to leave their communities altogether because when you are right on the border, they have seen what's happened in southern Israel. They have seen what happened 
when Hamas crossed over from Gaza. So some people here are staying put, staying near shelters, staying safe, but some people are choosing to leave altogether while they just live in the midst of that uncertainty about what might happen next. Mm. If we broaden our view, Anna, we know that the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is, is touring the region for the next few days. What countries really hold weight when it comes to possibly containing this conflict? Well, Egypt has always been an important mediator when there have been escalations before around Gaza. Egypt is often the, the country that steps in and, and talks with, uh, with Israel and with the Palestinians, with Hamas, and, and tries to, to negotiate you know, some, sort of, some sort of agreement. I mean, it's happened before, you know, tensions have been de-escalated that way. I think when you look at what's happening now, the suggestion is that things might have gone too far at this stage. You know, Israel has said that it, there will be a significant response to what has happened here. Uh, also, in terms of those yeah. hostages that are being held, again, hostage negotiations are important. Um, countries like Qatar, I mean, you mentioned Iran, of course, you know, Iran uh, supports Hamas, supports Hezbollah, but those sorts of dialogues, you know, between the US and Iran, for example, or, or Iran and countries in this region, it just doesn't work that way. So even though there are these attempts at diplomacy going on, and they're important, um, I think how, how vital they might be, how crucial they might be, how much they might work is up for debate. Anna, thanks for taking us through that. Anna Foster speaking to us uh, from the Israel-Lebanon border.